Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Degani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of Data Mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully, you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the Data Mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode, so you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Max Corner 20, Crossing the Data Value Chasm. So this is the first part of a conversation I had with Schmack in March of 2023 that lasted over an hour. So we covered a whole heck of a lot of things, and I'm excited for you to hear about those over the, the coming months. So what we talked about was Data Mesh has moved on from curiosity into kind of that trial phase right over the last year. People are implementing and they're seeing some value and many are very excited and hopeful about how valuable and scalable data mesh could be. But at the same point, people are getting really disillusioned with kind of these quick fix approaches, especially from a lot of the vendors. You know, they just prove to be band-aids and the band-aids aren't kind of scalable. I don't know that that analogy really (laughs) works, but they're band-aid solutions and they fall off, right? And on the organizational side, people are still struggling, especially with incentivizing and enabling data ownership of the domains. Overall, we are still implementing at kind of that small scale and disjointed phase. For example, implementing a data catalog instead of overall enabling data discovery as part of the mesh experience plane. People are looking to really embrace the full potential of data mesh, but the technology isn't where it needs to be to make this easy yet. So data mesh is far harder than it should be. We haven't changed developer behavior around data to focus on data products because there's still too much friction. You know, developers are are kind of famously lazy in their way in that if there's a bunch of friction, they're going to go focus on something else. So we have to look at reducing that friction in many different ways. So how do we cross that data value chasm from where we are? You know, we see this kind of one plus one plus one plus one, you know, that's four ones. And right now it adds up to five, five and a half. How can it add up to 10? How can we get to this massive amount of value? 
as a community, we need to be on the hunt for catalysts at kind of the micro level that lead to a much larger scale chemical reaction of value, right? If you actually look at what a catalyst is in the chemistry terms, there are so many things in organizations that eventually need to change to do data mesh well, but a lot of data mesh leaders are getting lost trying to drive all of these things that must change as if we need to start changing them immediately and that all of them, we have to put, you know, force behind all of them. Instead, we have to break it down more and find these smaller changes that have a lot of leverage. So we make a small change and it has a much bigger reaction. To do that, though, we really need to enable data products to be, you know, what Jamak refers to as first class primitives. Right? They need to be what our entire information sharing ecosystem is built upon, right? How all of our work around data is around that data product, right? It's consuming from, but producing too. And right now that's just not happening. And to make that possible, we need easier ways to create data products. Hence, you know, a need for better tooling and, and processes. That's kind of why Jamak is focusing on a lot of that stuff at Next Data specifically. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. Very excited for another episode of Schmack's Corner. Thank you, Schmack, for for joining us. Uh, really excited to kind of jump into a, a couple of things more in depth uh, as per usual. Excited to be here, Scott. <laughs> so one question I wanted to start with, you know, you've obviously been heads down with, with your company, with Next Data, and you're having a lot of kind of more in-depth conversations uh, again, where you're really going in and you're digging into the guts of, of where are people having the most challenges. So when you're having those kind of in-depth conversations, how have you felt that's shifted? You know, you look back at when you were writing the book and it was, you know, uh, late 2021 into 2022 and, you know, you were having all these conversations, but what... Where do you see people having the biggest architectural challenges? And of course, you know, if that's what Next Data is, is addressing, great, we can talk about that. But where, where do you think that that frontier, where are people really maybe missing out on a lot of the value that we're trying to accomplish, we're trying to capture with Data Mesh? It's mm, a great question. Um, so I think, you know, we are seeing a level of maturity in understanding and internalization of data mesh in organization, as in initially it was curiosity, right? It was, yeah, I, I relate to these things. It is surfacing the pain points we are feeling, we've been experiencing. What is this thing, right? And it, we had a lot of conversations around what is data mesh, like a lot of blog posts, articles, is it these principles? What does the architecture look like? What is it, right? And then people started adopting the principles and kind of 
their own flavor of data mesh, people that are, you know, organizations that are traditionally relying on vendors, you know, reached out to their vendors and they responded with their kind of implementation. I feel we're now at a point that people understand it. They're excited and hopeful. They're disillusioned by the, by the solutions that the quick fixes and band-aids that they were given. And there are plenty of them out there, right? Like single pane of glass type data mesh solutions. And now they are really going deeper to like, as they're trying to execute and learning that these quick band-aids that they were, they've been offered doesn't work Right, so the the I think the next next level of conversation is we are ready. We are implementing this. We tried the home baked, you know, do it yourself approach for a year. We we made some small progresses, but we've hit some really hard problems. Or we looked into kind of these vendor solutions, and maybe we tried some of them. Maybe we've just POC'd, and we're they're not quite getting us what we need. So I feel on the technology and architectural front uh, we've kind of been disillusioned that it's not that simple and it requires a lot of like you know time and investments and effort on the organizational side the same questions remain um, the main question always is how do I incentivize my domains and my business to take responsibility of data as we traditionally forever and ever assume that data people are in charge of data, go and write the schemas and pipelines and get whatever you want and do whatever you want with it to now like the, the domain teams are now responsible. So I think, I don't think we have made a ton of improvement on the organizational front. Again, I'm not embedded into that space. I think Scott, you have a lot richer conversations on organizational front. You're probably best positioned to answer this question. Um, on the technical front, I think people, you know, did the easy stuff, right? The easy, easy, what are the easy things? Add metadata to your tables, call it a domain oriented data product, right? It's easy to add the name of a domain and the owners to a database view or a table and call it a data product. But that doesn't really give you that distributed analytics, distributed machine learning model across the organization. Um, people did the cataloging, right? So, oh, let's let's create a um, let's create a catalog that um, gives us visibility to where the data is, and maybe we can see these domain-oriented data structures. Create these do- domain-oriented structures and create that single pane of view. Um, and and they did that. That didn't change the developer behavior to build policy and quality into the data and share with you know, a set of guarantees. Um, so I think we've done the quick trial and people like the impact, but they've also reached the limitations um, and they're looking for kind of a deeper, more native native solution. And I'm, I'm clearly biased answering this question because these are the type of questions that I get asked and I want to answer, uh, you know, because of focus of next data. Yeah. So, I mean, lots of things to potentially reflect back on there, but like you've, you've talked about this kind of chasm of value, you know, you and I have kind of talked about this 
um, a lot on on these episodes and, and much more even just uh, our conversations about can we get good value from this now? And the answer is is proving to be yes, right? But there's still this massive impediment to what the value could be, right? You, it, we're, we're still in that microservices mode of pre-service mesh, pre-maybe even DevOps movement or early DevOps movement when we're trying out a bunch of tools, we're trying out a bunch of things, we're seeing what sticks, we're throwing things against the wall. And, and I love that you said we're, we're, we're both hopeful and disillusioned because I think that hopeful is still there. I think people are disillusioned with the the quick fixes, like you said, that band-aids, those band-aids don't scale. You know, where I'd be asking the, the question is, and, and maybe the answer is, Scott, you're completely not even understanding where, where I'm talking about on this, but is this at the micro or the macro level, right? Is this at the data product creation level? Is this at the, the greater mesh level? Like when we talk about the different or you know the different planes within data mesh is it that the that all all of the the planes and the way that they interact because we have to glue these things but it's it's like soldering where we're going like wire to wire pin to pin and we're having to individually solder these pins so things are very fragile and if anything moves or twists then all of a sudden your pins start popping off and you know is that is it just that it's the whole ball Mud and we have to just completely decompose that to really get to this next level of value? Or, or do you see that there's one area where people are struggling and that if we solve at the micro level and we keep our idea on the macro, that macro will come and that we had, you know, one plus one plus one plus one isn't four. It's not right now it's five or five and a half and it can be 10, but we're just not there. Uh, but quick answer. So find the catalyst, find a uh, catalyst and the smallest piece of catalyst that can shift, you know, at the micro level that can create seismic shifts at the macro level. I mean, that's been consuming my existence for, <laughs> you know, for the last couple of years that yes, data mesh has all of these principles it is a big paradigm shift would require people change, behavior change, technology change, architecture change. Architecturally, it requires capabilities at the level of you know, data product creation and experience of, and connection and sharing and discovery of that at the, you know, from the developer's perspective. And at the mesh level requires new way of discovering and connecting and, and even defining what value is. So, so you're right. It is a big, big change and people get lost. You know, the, they said, okay, where do I start? And even like, you know, we're building a product. Clearly we've been having a lot of product discussions and some of those discussions with um, technologists, peers, investors, they can't even imagine a product that can solve this, right? And when you think about the products that have kind of rebranded themselves or augmented themselves to do, at what level are they solving the problem? They're trying to solve the at the facade, at the mesh level, right? Let's let's put a layer on top of everything we do and we just call it a mesh. To me, where we need to get started, not, not from the adoption perspective, but from 
the, the technology shift that would unlock and unravel this whole spaghetti is this concept of the data product as a first class primitive for intelligent, you know, AI analytics based data sharing. I mean, that's, that's just to me so evident. Um, and clearly that's, that's our focus is with data product container and so on, because if you, if you change your basic primitive, the, the, the atoms with which, you know, you, you build a world, um, the world that emerges from that composition look very, very different. Um, that's where I think the shift needs to happen. And that, that shift needs to happen in every micro moment of working with data. And it has to happen as early in the life cycle of the data. Here's a quick message from one of the sponsors of this episode, Next Data. So that's Jamax company. She wants to let people know that she is hiring. So here she is. Yeah, we're looking for kind of distributed systems engineers to come and solve these problems that you and I just talked about and building those catalyst technologies. So if you're one and you're listening, just come to our very uh, basic job site on our website, uh, nextdata.com. Yeah, and we'll, we've got a, a link to that in the show notes for all of these episodes as well. So thank you. Yeah, I, and and you know, from working with you uh, personally on different uh, projects and things, I, I can say it's it's a blast working with Jamak. It's 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 high empathy and high like mental throughput, but it's also like high kind of focus on what what are you actually trying to do. So I I do recommend other folks uh, check that out as well. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks, looking to partner with others, and just kind of check it out. And as for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat Data Mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources, and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.